Hey everyone, and welcome to this episode of IBC Topics. Today, our guests are Fabian and Tamra Sacido. Um, they're not currently members with us right now, but they were uh, really beloved members of IBC uh, before they left for Compass. Um, but we would just like to welcome them to the show. So, hey guys. Hey. Hi, Gabe. Thank you so much for having us. Oh, of course, of course. We love you guys and we miss you guys dearly. So uh, with that, we just want to, we, as we do with all our shows, we like to start off with testimonies. Um, and so because there's two of you guys, we're going to kind of split this out. But if you guys could just share basically how you guys came to faith, um, people that have influenced you, impacted you in your walk. Um, and also for Tamara, if you could just share with us how you guys met and how you guys got married. And with Fabian, um, if you could um, kind of highlight how you ended up at IBC. So uh, with that, if we could start off with Tamara. Great. Um, yes, so I grew up in Huntington Beach. And um, actually, predominantly, the area was um, Caucasian. And so the school where I, I attended, there was actually very few Asians there. And so um, so actually, I was like teased and this and that. And it was... Um, really impacted me. And so I felt like I was really affected by peer pressure. And so I just was like really influenced. I, um, started like going to, um, well back then it was, um, Knott's Berry Farm. They had like, I don't know, what was it called? Cloud nine or whatever. <laughs> Studio K. If any of you guys know that, Gabe, you probably know. No, um, and so my friends and I would go down there and we would just go dancing and, you know, look for guys and this and that. And then, um, and then from there, just getting more and more into the world and just very, mm. very influenced by the world and getting into a lot of sin. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I was just, I became, began to be get, to get a lot more popular at school. So I was gaining in popularity. I was just the cool gal, you know, and everything. And then what ended up happening was that my best friend asked me if I would go to um, the summer church camp with her. And I was like, well, okay, all right, I'll go. And, <laughs> and so, um, I went with her and I ended up like falling asleep in all the Bible studies. Cause I was just like, what are they talking about? I don't even know what they're talking about, you mm-hmm. know? And then, but there were two Christian girls that roomed with me and they were like raised in Christian homes, these amazing gals. And, and they shared the gospel with me for the first time. Mm-hmm. And it was literally the first time I had heard, you heard it, you know? And, um, and so, I was very open because I would look at creation. I would look at our bodies and just feel like there must be a purpose. There must be a reason, Mm -hmm. you know, that we're here. And, um, and so I was very open and I stood up at the camp and I, and I asked Jesus into my heart and everything. And, and I got baptized. And then, um, the girls even showed me how to have devotions, you know, how to read my Bible and everything. And so I came back home and I told my parents, I'm like, I'm a Christian now, you know, and they were ready to like send me off to like boarding school, you know, at that point. And they were just kind of like, oh yeah, you know, we'll see how long this lasts, you know? And, and, um, but then I started going to, um, it was through Calvary Chapel. I started attending, um, Monday night, Wednesday night, Friday night, (laughs) you know, um, Sundays. And so, um, I was just like a sponge. I was just like soaking it all in. And, and then I had the opportunity, um, to attend Calvary Chapel high school and, um, and so I asked my parents if I could, you know, go to that school. And my mom's like, well, no, why would we want you to go there? Because I was supposed to go to Marina in um, Huntington, which was a great academic school and it was free. So she's like, but if you pay your own way and get your own ride, you can go. And so I was like, okay. And the Lord just like opened the doors. 
I got like on a work study program. So I like worked in the cafeteria. I worked in the locker room after school and I was able to pay for my own tuition. And then, um, and then I got on a carpool list and, and actually my teacher ended up um, carpooling me to school, you know, every, every week. And she ended up like discipling me. So every time I got in the car, she'd be like, so what did you read this morning? You know, and I'm like, uh, nothing, you know? And, and then, but over the, over time, it's like, I would, you know, be able to come in and share. And she read a lot of like Oswald Chambers is that most first highest. And, and, um, and so she was very instrumental in my life and just, you know, growing in Christ. And, and so actually to this day, she's my spiritual mom and my kids are really close to her and everything. Oh, and, and so that's been a blessing. So I got to attend Calvary Chapel High School and, and yeah, I just really grew a lot. I was just like, you know, um, learning, like taking all the classes, like, you know, all these different apologetics and godly woman class and all this. And, <laughs> and I really started to grow. And then I had the opportunity to go to Calvary Chapel Bible College after that. So I went to the Bible College and, um, and that was just a neat time of just really digging into the word and, and growing. And, um, and then after that, I came home and I, um, I ended up going to, um, I went to the community college at that time and I was, I was planning on, I wanted to be a missionary. And, um, and so I was planning on being a nurse. So I took all of these like classes, um, for nursing, you know, and then, but then the Lord just opened the doors for me to go into teaching and I had all of these science classes already. So I ended up majoring in bio and, and then, yeah, I became a biology science teacher. Yeah. And, um, so that's pretty much like my main testimony, but how I met Babe, uh, <laughs> that's, um, another part of my amazing story, um, is that, so when, um, so I was teaching, I, um, taught at Los Amigos High School. I was, um, like the advisor for the Christian club there and everything. So I was very, very, um, involved, like in high school ministry and everything. And, um, and one summer I went to, I was helping my sister who just had a baby in San Diego and she, um, she was like, Oh, Tamara, you got to have kids. You're so good with babies. You know? And I'm like, yeah, but you know, and, <laughs> and, um, and so because I pretty much grew up with the same Christian friends, my whole life, we, we were just really, really close. Like I, I never really met other people, you know? And, and so my sister was like, um, telling me like, you should try eHarmony, you know? And, and my dad was like, yeah, I just read this article on eHarmony and it, da, 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 da. And, and then um, my brother-in-law was like, yeah, my friend just tried eHarmony and uh, it asked all these religious questions and he hated it, but you would like that, you know? <laughs> and, um, and so I, I was like, well, you know, I just felt open to it. So I filled it out and everything. And, and then I got one match and it was, it was fade. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and so then. She, how, was, she was stuck with me. <laughs> <laughs> so how it works is that like you first, you send like your multiple choice questions of what you want to ask him. And, and then you can type in your own questions. So some of the questions that he asked me were like, what was my testimony? Um, what ministries am I involved in and um, what I thought about the passage of marriage in Ephesians, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I was like, whoa, he, okay, he knows the word, you know, I could tell right away that he was a grounded Christian, you know? And so, so we kind of emailed back and forth through harmony and then we finally met um, and we met at Bellaterra and we had, you know, um, lunch together and he greeted me with a book and he's like, Hey, I thought we could read this together. It was, um, 
Randy Elkhorn's work on heaven. And so mm. I was like, wow, this is great. Wow. This is, that's pretty neat. And, um, and so pretty much our whole first date was like talking about like doctrine and what, <laughs> you know, and like what authors we read and this and that. And, and so awesome. it was, it was pretty deep, but, um, but it was after that, I just felt like, wow, he's really solid guy, you know? And, um, mm. and then, yeah. So it was just like from there, we just started dating and we dated for a year and he um, never um, asked, we never talked about marriage or anything. He never like told me he loved me or whatever. So my sisters are always asking me like, well, what do you think, Tamron? Do you think you're going to get married or not? You know, and I'm like, well, I don't know, you know, and, but, um, but yeah, in our one year, he, he um, proposed to me. So was, that's a whole nother story. I don't want to take up the whole hour, <laughs> but I'll tell you that story, you know, if anybody wants to ask later. <laughs> hmm. Well, I, I, I'm, I can share my testimony. Um, mm -hmm. So I grew up in a Catholic family, um, and I'd say that they were Catholic more by tradition than it was by uh, necessarily practicing. I mean, mm -hmm. we had crucifixes, uh, pictures of Jesus, uh, and so forth in our home. We didn't have candles, but we, we, we definitely went to Catholic church on Sundays and I remember, like, you know, in the front of the church, they have that huge crucifix, and Jesus is pictured there. And and I used to ask my mom and dad, i say, hey, why is that man up there, you know? Mm -hmm. And my mom and dad couldn't answer. Like, wow. if they if they did, I don't think they gave me an adequate answer or something that I remember, because mm -hmm. I don't ever remember them being able to answer that question. But, um, you know, I... We grew in the neighborhood that I grew up in. There's a kid that lived across the street. He's the same age as me. He's older than me by a month. And uh, I grew up with him. And his mother, her name's Mrs. Hamamoto, Sandy Hamamoto, uh, when I was about seven years old, she asked my parents if, she, if I could go to church, basically to go to Awana. Mm -hmm. And so my mom and dad, uh, well, my mom specifically said yes. She said, as long as they're teaching uh, Jesus, go ahead. And, you know, it was it was one of those things where I started going to a one on Wednesday nights with my friend and his mom would take us. And then on Sundays, we would still go to the Catholic Church. Mm -hmm. And when I was about nine years old, um, I remember uh, going to uh, church. And I don't know if it was a one, but I remember it was a Wednesday night. And so they sh they basically showed a. Uh, a movie. It was called A Thief in the Night. And that movie, most younger people wouldn't remember it, but if, you, if you've been around the church for a while, that movie was a, a movie about the rapture. And how basically the one image I remember is this guy cutting the lawn and suddenly he's not there anymore, just the lawnmower <laughs> there. You know? it's like, so, but, you know, this, this movie basically was shown to... Uh, you know, um, to kind of simulate what it would be when the Lord takes his children home. And, and then afterwards they shared the gospel. And so I remember I was pretty shook up by a movie cause I was mm. kind of scared. I was thinking, and you know, at the time, cause I was probably uh, more naive than anything I didn't quite understand, but I thought my mom and dad were, were saved because mm. they went to church. Mm hmm. So I remember I came home and I, my dad's watching TV. It's about almost what, nine 30. And I'm like, dad, dad, you know, and I'm telling him about this movie. I'm telling him about what they shared. 
And I said, is that true? Is this true? Mm-hmm. And my dad's watching this movie or show. And I remember he didn't really even look at me. He kind of waved me off with his hand. He goes, yeah, yeah, it's true. <laughs> but but he, not because I think, not because he'd listened to anything I said, because my dad's still not a believer to this day, but because he just wanted me to go to bed, you know, mm-hmm. just say, all right, whatever. And so I, I remember I turned around, I went to my room, I got on my knees and I asked the Lord into my heart. And, you know, I always, I, I look back on that because, you know, for example, John Piper, he was, he came to know the Lord when he was six years old. And so, you, you know, I always look back on that and I said, man, was that, is that when I came, truly came to know the Lord? And, you know, in, in Philippians 1, 6, it says, for I'm confident of this very thing that he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. And I, and I, as I, I remember growing up, as I look back on that day, I could see the Lord's faithfulness in my life. Mm. You know, um, there's a lot of people that say, you know, I don't have that great of a testimony um, because, you know, they don't have this story about how they were uh, involved in drugs or involved in crime. And Mm -hmm. it came out of that lifestyle and the Lord saved them. But in, in actuality, I've always said that that is what the Lord has saved us from. I mean, between mm. the time that of my conversion to now, I I can tell you it's it's filled with wretched sin. You know enough mm. sin to take the place of of uh, you know what other people may have gone through. And I'm just saying that you know we can't look down on the on God's sovereign grace that saved us, whether mm. it was at a young age or a later time in life. Yeah. And mm-hmm. but what I what I look back on is just God's faithfulness in my life and just the way He sustained me um, and how He's worked, you know, to mature me. And um, you know, I cringe back at looking back at my wretchedness and and how. But you know, praise be to God for His mercy and His forgiveness. And you know, and and I could see the milestones in my life along the way mm-hmm. um, and how He's truly worked in my life. And, you know, you talk about people that, that had an impact on your life. Um, you know, I mentioned Mrs. Hamamoto. Here's a lady who is just a neighbor, my friend's mother, who took the time to uh, pray with me. I mean, she had such a significant impact, uh, not just in my walk and the fact that she introduced me to Christ, that she took me to church on Sundays, but the fact that, you know, she actually was like a second mom in the sense that mm. she looked out for me, looked out where I was going to go to school, what classes I was taking, what I was reading. You know, my mom and dad, who um, who worked, uh, you know, factory jobs, weren't really familiar with, um, you know, like the educational system. Like, for mm. example, when I took the PSAT and the SAT, the only reason I took it is because Ms. Hamoda told me to take it. Mm-hmm. My mom and dad had no clue what that was or what was required to get into college. And and so, you know, I, I look back at God's faithfulness and just putting uh, Ms. Amoto in my life and just how um, she worked with me. I remember her praying with me, giving me counsel, uh, rebuking me. I mean, that, those are, uh, to me, incredible things as I grow up. And even to this day, I still keep in touch with her because she's awesome. very special. But. But then I remember also when I was uh, in sixth grade, uh, there was a discipleship leader. His name was Ray Blackwell. And Ray Blackwell went on to become the uh, the assistant deputy chief of the CHP, one of them. 
And uh, I remember Ray Blackwell would, he was a CHP officer. He'd take us out. It was me and two other guys. And he would um, basically uh, spend time in the ward with us, but he'd also take us to the CHP office. And I remember I I loved driving or sitting in the front seat when he was driving because <laughs> he had his revolver right there in the glove compartment. <laughs> and, I, and I would like... I would open the glove compartment just to look at his gun, you know, and, and, uh, I remember there was this traffic accident and he jumped out of the car and he took over the scene. And I was like, man, I want to be like that guy, you know? And so he had a big impact on me ultimately becoming a police officer. Mm -hmm. Um, and Ray's retired now. And, uh, but yeah, I could look back at, at, uh, another, uh, man, his name's, uh, Greg Stover. He's a, a pastor in Sacramento right now, but he was my discipleship leader when I was in high school and just what an impact he had on, on the importance of being faithful in little things and just, you know, truly being responsible and so forth. So, you know, it, it's, as you, as I look back on my life, I just look at the people that the Lord put in my path to mold me, to cause mm-hmm. me to grow, to mature as a believer. And, and so praise be to God for that. So. Oh, and then, how you ended up at IBC? So when I was, uh, I was attending Grace Community Church and um, I was only going to Sunday service. Mm. And so uh, a friend of mine um, invited me to go to a Bible study at VKCC and it met over at Pat and Sonny's house Mm -hmm. or their apartment. And, so I was attending that Bible study for uh, several months when, when they announced that Nam was going to be going to Mount Hollywood um, to start a church. And uh, back then it wasn't IBC; it was the the uh, the New Door Church. I don't know if anybody <laughs> we, we went through a lot of names, but if anybody remembers, the New Door is the one that stuck out to me. So, um, but uh, I remember I would go to Grace Church first service. And then I would go over to Mount Hollywood, help set up and, and attend a church there. And there was only like 15 to 20 of us and, and Nam would uh, lead us. And, uh, but, you know, I, I thought looking back to me, that was a very special time. Um, I was there probably about two months where I was going, like I said, to Grace Church and then I'd race over there. Two months before uh, Nam pulled me aside and, and basically said, Hey, listen, you need to start picking the church here. <laughs> so, but uh, he was being very serious. He actually did say, he said, you know, I don't care if you go to Grace Church. I don't care if you go to IBC. But you have to pick a church. You need to get plugged in. You need to start mm-hmm. serving. You need to um, pick the church and become a part of it. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I, I chose to stay at, uh, at the New Door Church <laughs> because, um, you know, uh, obviously, Nam's teaching was was good. I really appreciate his honesty, but I was so glad that I did. I think the Lord used my time at IBC to um, really just show me what the church is. Mm-hmm. It was a good—my um, 20 years there was just an incredible time of growth for me. Um, I got to experience what missions was. I got to go out on short-term missions trips. I, I, I definitely saw the Lord working in my life. Um you know, and just in, in general, just to learn how the church functions, the family atmosphere. I mean, when we were 15 to 20 people, um, mm. you could ask any of those guys that it was just, I remember just, you basically grew together. 
Yeah. As the church grew, we grew together, and and it was just a really special time. I, to me, I, I look fondly uh, back on those years. I also, um, like I said, it, it was like when we left IBC, um, it was like leaving family mm-hmm. because I, I was I really a lot of those people that I saw from the very beginning were still there when we left, and it was sad. It was mm-hmm. sad, but it was a very special time. Um, you know, I think uh, the church, IBC in general, has, is very blessed, just very fortunate to have Nam, Gary, and Dave as pastors. Um, you know, I still email them. I still call them when I need counsel, when I need direction, when, when I just want to pick their mind about something. They, they, I know they're going to tell me the truth. I know they're going to pray for me. I know that they will... Um, you know, basically uh, give it to me straight, in other words. And, and mm-hmm. I'll tell you, one of the things that I, I still appreciate about them is that I know they love the Lord. I could see it, but I see their joy, too. It's mm-hmm. so contagious. I had a lot of fun there, you know. And it was, it was just a really um, special, special place because of those guys. And, and uh, like I said, they, they had a big impact on my life. And 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 you talked about people that impacted your your life. It's they're definitely included in that, you know, um, all three of them, but in a different way. Mm. Um, so the next question, we're actually going to switch to Tam. Um, you know, Fabian was talking about IBC being such a huge uh, family to him, and it was difficult for him to leave. But for you, you were going to Saddleback before you guys got married, and when you got married, you ended up coming to IBC for several years and when you guys had the decision to go to Compass, um, from that experience of switching churches, what lessons of personal ministry have you kind of learned over the years from that experience of uh, moving church families? And um, also, if you could also kind of share about how you guys settled at Compass. And then, sorry, it's it's another long one, but, uh, and then when people are kind of looking around for a church, um, what kind of advice can you guys give to people like that? And Fabian, you could chime in too for the last one. Sure. So um, when I first came to IBC, um, it was such an, uh, so awesome for me. Like, um, I couldn't believe like how um, just so warm and welcoming everyone was. I don't know how many families invited us over for dinner. <laughs> and, um, and I just felt like, every, you know, people just like genuinely wanted to get to know me. And, um, and so that was such a blessing, you know, to me. And also just how strong, you know, the believers are at IBC. Like, I was like, wow, fame. I'm like, they're like all in the word. They know the <laughs> word. And they're like in discipleship groups and, you know, small groups and everything. And, and, um, and so it was just, so when Fave and I ended up, um, you know, we had talked for many years, I guess you would say, like, oh, we, you know, should eventually try to find a church close by, you know. But every Sunday when we would leave, we're like, oh, yeah, no, not for a while, no. <laughs> you know, and, and we just always kind of felt like, oh, there's just no place like IBC, you know, which I know you guys all know what I'm talking about, you know. And, um, and there's just, like, so many things that really, like, set IBC apart, you know, from, like, any other church that I've been to, I mean, well, number one, just being so hospitable. I mean, everyone and, um, and giving, you know, that was one thing that I saw in the church was just like, you know, anytime there was like a missions trip. I mean, I don't think anybody ever paid because it was like, everybody 
you're just like giving, 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 you know, and, and then like, um, and meeting the needs, like anytime there was a need, it was like, you know, somebody's on it, like meals on wheels or, you know, we're going to go do this and help them there and everything. And I was just like, wow, that is just so awesome. That is how the body of Christ, you know, should be functioning. And, um, and then also another thing that really stuck out to me was, um, that a lot of churches like, like will either be, you know, holy desire holiness, you know, but they're kind of like legalistic, you know what I mean? But then there's other churches that are like, um, you know, very loving and this and that, you know, but they're full of sin. You know, there's a lot of compromise going on in that church. And, um, but I felt like IBC like really had a, you know, I don't know what you say, like balance to it, but like, like there's just a real desire for people to grow in Christ and, and, and holiness. But I never felt like there was like a legalistic, you know, attitude or kind of, you know, presence there and, um, or tone. And, and so that was just like one thing that was just really like, you know, ministered to me and was so, um, kind of stuck out to me. And also just like what Faye was sharing, like the leadership. Um, I mean, like Faye had already been talking a lot about Nam, even when we were dating and he would tell me things that Nam had told him. And I'm like, wow, that's really wise, you know? And, um, but just, yeah, Nam being such a great leader. I mean, so loving and funny. I got to go to um, Japan with him and, and just, he's so, he's just hilarious. You know, he's so approachable, <laughs> down to earth, yet so wise and discerning and just such a great Bible teacher. And, and Gary, you know, I learned a lot from him, from all of his mm. second hour classes, all of his equipped classes. I mean, I just appreciate how much he like research and prepares yeah. for his lessons. And it's just such a wealth of um, knowledge and wisdom, you know, and David, I mean, like they've shared so many stories with me about David, but just like, <laughs> just his heart of ministry for the whole entire body, you know what I mean? And, and, um, just really taught me a lot about like serving and truly loving people and coming alongside, Mm -hmm. you know, other believers. And, and so, yes, I mean, I think leaving IBC was, was, I mean, I know 10 times harder for Faye, but it was difficult, you know, for, for both of us. And, um, but I do feel like I left feeling like equipped, you know, like, wow, you know, I just got to sit under this great teaching for so many years, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and be around so many strong believers, you know, and to be encouraged in my faith. And, um, and so coming to Compass, it was like the Lord really just opened the doors, you know, and, um, cause like I was saying, we had talked about it for many years, you know, Mm and, and, um, but it just kind of came down to like where, there's just so many opportunities of like being able to share with um, non-Christians, you know, Christ- non-Christian friends in the area. And, and so, you know, com- we know Compass had opened up and there were some non-Christian friends that we had asked to come to IBC many times, you know, and they're like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, one of these days, you know, <laughs> and, um, but it was just like so far and we never, you know, would s- could see them like actually attending there, you know? And, um, and so we're, we heard of, we knew Compass was a strong, you know, Bible teaching church. And we're like, wow, they're doing a church plan, like five, five minutes from here, you know? And, mm-hmm. and, um, and so when friends were like, you know, we're having these opportunities, we we're like, wow, we want to invite them, you know, I'm like, Hey, you know, there's this church five minutes from here. Would you be willing to go? And, and like, people are like, yeah, okay. And, and so, you know, they would come with us and then maybe text us later, like, Hey, are you going to compass? I'm like, are you, you know? <laughs> and then we would just go. And, um, and then, yeah, so just like several different friends who we had been ministering to for a while and just felt like, wow, this is such an opportunity. And Faith was like, you know what? I think God's just saying now, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it was just really neat how the Lord like opened that door, you know, to start to take up. You know, <clears throat> I think um, it's important to 
kind of put things in perspective too. You know, we were we were going to uh, IBC and uh, everything. You know, when we're atten- we're going to IBC, we're, we're driving in from Orange County. So a lot of times we would just be there on Sundays, and and we spend like five or six hours there on Sundays. If not at the church, maybe with somebody else, you know, mm-hmm. you know, go to church and then maybe go to lunch or something. But, but the, but the weekdays, you know, we weren't going to the Bible study. We weren't getting plugged in. We definitely weren't serving. And, um, you know, a lot of like, uh, for example, like small groups, maybe like a men's group or when things popped up, it just wasn't, um, ideal. And I'll tell you, when you start getting like stagnant like that in your walk or complacent, that's where the where Satan just wants to swoop in and and uh, you know basically destroy anything any kind of relationship you have with the Lord you know and I I think that um, when we went over to Compass when we decided to visit and so forth I I remember like I said I'm apprehensive I don't want to leave IBC but the teaching was so solid and I said you know what this you know when you when you're a believer that has been sitting under sound teaching where your pastors don't suppress the truth, where they just give it to you straight, and you hear somebody else teach it, you know if it's the truth or not. Mm. And it was definitely just solid teaching. So that was a big comfort. Mm. And then like uh, Tam shared, you know, we had friends in the area that we had been reaching out to and that we wanted to invite. And it's really hard when they're far away, but I just, you know, we realized, you know, it's so easy to go to church where you know everybody and you get comfortable. You kind of get comfortable in your settings and you and you really uh, basically there's no uh, challenge where you're you're try- mm-hmm. starting to thrive in your relationship with the Lord anymore. You're just kind of stagnant. Yeah. And that's a very bad thing. And I I realized that, uh, you know. We we needed to make a change, and and like I said, praise the Lord because uh, he he used this move. Uh, I think uh, to just really grow Tam and I. I could definitely say for me that I've seen uh, the Lord working in my life uh, a, a lot these last several years, and um, the same way that when He sent me to IBC and I learned about the church and I learned the significance of of what the church is and. The relationships mm-hmm. here, it, it's it's been more prone toward uh, evangelism and just loving souls and loving the lost and and just really uh, examining yourself, um, you know, and, and and your walk and and every area of your life. And so I think that um, you know, as believers, we need to be careful. You know, when when we say, "Hey, I'm going to go, I'm going to change churches," and and if the Lord's calling you to change a church, then you know, then by all means, but don't don't uh, church hop. In other words, go go find the church and and plug yourself in, and and don't let um, you know the devil take a foothold in, in your life because you're suddenly uh, being complacent. Mm. One um, truth or thing concept that God really taught me through moving to all these or being a part of these different churches. Like I got saved through Calvary Chapel. I, um, I attended Saddleback. I I was like at IBC and now at Compass is that, um, ultimately it's like, I see how the Lord has just taught me so much, you know, throughout these years. And that, Mm. 
and that he never wants me to identify my faith with like the church that I'm attending. You know what I mean? Like I'm not of Paul or I'm of Apollos, you know what I mean? Mm, Um, mm -hmm. But how like where it's like in each of those places, God has taught me things, you know what I mean? Even at Saddleback, Mm. no, (laughs) but, uh, but uh, yeah. And, And so that's exciting to me. I just see how like the Lord is just so active you know, in my life and teaching me throughout all of these years and, and using all of these different churches, you know, to teach me, you know, that it's mm. him ultimately teaching me. Mm. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, and it's really important though. You need to uh, really immerse yourself. You know, we, when we went to compass, I mean, you need to get plugged in to the small groups. You need to get plugged into the discipleship groups. You need to participate in the activities. You need to really just, um, basically uh, get plugged in and embrace the believers there. I mean, these are, are the same way that, that you love the people at IBC. These are other believers that will be in heaven with us together one day. And, mm-hmm. and I think that there's an importance there to not get, like I said, complacent in your walk, but to generally just jump in and, and, uh, and start serving, you know, as much as you can and getting involved in the church. Yeah, I think like coming to Compass, um, you know, before we ended up attending Compass, um, I don't know if you guys remember Felicia, uh, Felicia Fung, but um, I visited her like, well, she used to attend IBC for those of you who don't know her and she got married and so she, they ended up moving and so she wasn't attending IBC anymore. And so she's attending a new church in Temecula. So I went, well, I visited her and, um, and she was pregnant at the time and she had just started attending her new church. And, and so I'm like, Felicia, so how is it? Like, are you getting to know people or anything? And she's like, yeah, she's like, I'm inviting people over every weekend. You know what <laughs> cool. I mean? Um, so I could get to, she's like, I'm going to make my friends fat, meet my friends fast <laughs> because, you know, I'm going to be a lockdown soon, you know? And, and I told her, I'm like, I just love that Felicia. I love that because, you know, so many times, like, you could go to a new new church and just feel like, oh, I can't believe no one is even saying hi to me or nobody's reaching out to me or yeah. this or that, you know, and, and just how, um, you know, so when we started attending Compass, that was kind of like our mindset too. You know, it's like we start, we got, mm. we jumped in, you know, um, we got plugged into a small group and, um, and then we pretty much just started inviting people over like, you know, <laughs> one by one, you know what I mean? And just really getting to know them and everything. And, um, and the dynamic of compass is much different from IBC. Like, um, I mean, there's people from all walks of life there, you know, um, there's new Christians, a lot of new Christians, there's, um, solid, you know, solid mature Christians. And then there's, you know, people who aren't quite yet there, you know, on that solid foundation. And, um, and then, you know, people who are, been incarcerated before or, you know, just all kinds of different things. And, um, and so kind of like I shared before, like being at IBC, I mean, I felt, I left feeling like equipped, you know, mm-hmm. and it's like, so what an opportunity, you know, um, we had some really neat leaders of our small group and, and they just like pretty much were like, come on, Fab, come on, Tim, you know, like <laughs> help us, you know, type of thing. Like, so we're like, you know, diving in and, and so it was so neat to be able to like just come alongside them and just, you know, kind of minister to the different people in our group, just going through some really hardcore trials. And, and it was so awesome because like the people were very open, very honest mm. to be able to share like real, what's really going on. And so we've seen like a lot of growth, a lot of change. And, awesome. and like That's they've so cool. shared, like the messages are very strong, mm-hmm. very convicting, very challenging, you know? So like when we leave, you know, it's like, 
I mean, seriously, there was a couple of times like I was crying because I just felt like, wow, you know, mm. I just need to change, you know? And, and, um, so on the back of each lesson, there are questions, um, self-application questions to answer for the message. So it makes you go back and to look at it again, you know, mm. and to kind of apply it to your life. And then you're coming together with your small group and everyone's sharing out. So it's kind of like that accountability, you know, piece, which really, I think kind of knit us together and, um, and just being, you know, willing and open, you know, with one another, I think also just really connected us, you know, and um, that kind of made the transition rather easy. Yeah. Yeah. And then, like I mentioned, there's a really big emphasis on uh, evangelism. Every Sunday they, they go out and every Tuesday they go to the farmer's market over on Huntington Beach Main Street. And basically... Um, you just uh, try and invite people to church, share the gospel if the opportunity presents itself. Mm-hmm. Those things, you know, are just it's pretty. It's pretty neat. Like I said, it really caused us to to um, to take a look at that aspect of our life because um, you know I don't think that um, I was ever like I said I, I was at a point where I was very complacent. And I think the Lord said, "Hey, uh, you need to you need to get back into the game here." So. Mm. Uh, it's been a great opportunity for us. You know, like I said, it, it's been the Lord led us there. It's been great for our family, for our kids, for us. But, you know, I, I, the one thing I do want to point out is, um, you know, ultimately, you know, there's a lot of people that are saying, hey, well, let me see if I fit in. Let me see if this children's ministry is good. And, and, and you know, it's it, we, we got to see um yeah, I mean, it's important that you feel comfortable there, but I think you've got to see what we bring to the Lord um, each Sunday, you know, as opposed to seeing what the church gives us and, mm. and what it brings to our kids. Um, you know, we uh, like it's been great for us. Somebody else might go there and say it's not great for them. But um, the reality is, uh, if you are going to look for a church, look for an opportunity to serve the Lord and to serve others and to love others. And, and I think uh, the Lord will take care of you without a problem. So, mm. Oh, so with that, uh, we have, I, I just have one more question for Fabian. You were mentioning in your uh, testimony that you are a, a police officer as a Christian police officer. Um, what is the most difficult challenge that you see? And also at the same time, what is like the biggest um, the best thing about being a police officer? So, um, you know, I think I've shared maybe with a few people about this, but my first year, I came into police work at a time where when you're training, you're in training, you're still getting hazed. There was a, <laughs> there was, yeah, there was a lot of hazing going on back then. And uh, I could tell you some stories, but, but, um, I remember I had a really rough time in that first year, you know, when um, I kind of shared that, that uh, a little bit about my childhood, obviously uh, I'm nine years old, but I, I was for the most part sheltered. I wasn't like I grew up and there was drugs or alcohol. Most of my friends, you know, were, didn't have anything to do with that. Um, I wasn't around like, you know, some serious uh, juvenile delinquents or anything like that. So I was very sheltered. So when I started police work, it was it was a, an eye opener for me. Mm. I basically saw a lot of sin, things that I've never seen before in my life. Uh, I remember that 
because some of the things they make you do in training, you know, from the hazing, I remember I used uh, a lot of profanity. And in fact, I probably used more profanity in that one year that I've used in my whole life. And I was terrible at it. Like, I don't even know how to curse, you know? And I remember that I was actually telling people to pray for me because it was really a, a rough time for me. Like, it was an eye-opener. There's a lot going on. Um, and, you know, I never felt like, oh, um, this isn't the profession for me. I never felt like, oh, I'm not going to make training. Um, I thought I was, I was able to take care of business. But um, I definitely was not being a good testimony. Mm-hmm. And that and that is um, probably the one of the most uh, you know difficult things to talk about. But but I um, I think that after that first year, uh, the Lord really changed my heart in terms of you know just basically um, living out your life as a believer and letting the Lord take care of everything else. You know, uh, yeah, I think that um, the the atmosphere um, in uh, the police and the police, the atmosphere in the police uh, department in the locker room is definitely not conducive to uh, to Christian men. Mm. Um, and I mean that's just the reality. Uh, but um, I think you have a great opportunity to be a light there. You know, I remember like looking around and talking to people and trying to find other believers. Right. I, I don't, I never really came across, um, other people that I, that in other words, they said, Oh, we're the Christian officers are over here. I never saw that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I remember one time just to put it in perspective, there was this officer and he talked in briefing about, um, Somebody asked him what radio station he listened to in his car while he was on patrol. And he said, I listen to KKLA. I was like, oh, dude, KKLA. So uh, he was on a traffic stop. I'll never forget. He was on the corner of uh, this particular corner at a gas station. He had stopped the car. He was riding a ticket. I was his backup. And then during that traffic stop, I talked to him. I said, hey, I heard you say you listen to KKLA. I go, what do you listen to? And he actually said he listened to John MacArthur. I was like, "Wow, that's awesome!" Mm-hmm. You know, and so I introduced myself in the sense that I said, "Here, I'm a believer too." And he goes, "Oh, great!" You know, and he kind of talked to me, and so I was like, kind of encouraged. You know, I was, I was, that was probably, you know, I, I'd only been there, uh, <clears throat> you know, maybe two years when I find this guy, and then like two months later, he ends up leaving because uh, he ends up having an affair. And, you know, and I was like totally crushed. His wife basically made him quit the police force because it turned out this was like his third affair. Oh, crazy. You know, and, and so you, I remember I was like kind of almost devastated. I was like, man, you know, I, I was talking to this guy. And, but at the same time, you know, over the years, I've had guys, and I'm not joking, I had a sergeant, one of my sergeants, he was ready to retire. And he kind of pulled me aside and calls me in and says, hey, I need to talk to you. So, you know, I'm thinking he wants to talk to me about something having to do with patrol work. And he says, hey, um, you know, I'm going to be retiring in about a month. Can you pray for me? He goes, uh, you know what? I've actually grew up in a Baptist home. I haven't gone to church in years. 
but I think I want to start going back to church. Mm. And so, you know, I, I didn't even know him that well. And, and I was like, wow, I was kind of blown away. And I think that is one of the best parts of being a Christian, mm. uh, you know, officer is that over the years, I've had several guys actually approach me. And uh, sadly, it's on the stealth, you know, they're like, Hey, uh, can I talk to you about something? And they'll say like, can I pray? Can you pray for me? Or mm. I remember one guy took me to breakfast to tell me he was a Christian, but he didn't want anybody to know about it. And, and so, you know, that's, that's really sad, you know, because I think that, you know, you, you need to stop compromising, um, you know, and just, just because you can't quote unquote go to the, uh, there, there's a thing that, uh, that they talk about, um, and, and you may or may not, some of you may or may not heard of this, but it's called choir practice. Like, Hey, let's go to choir practice. And choir practice is actually going to the bar to have drinks and the officers, because the officers drink and then start singing, you know, and they call it choir practice. <laughs> and so they'll, they'll say, Hey, um, if you, if you ever listen to cop jargon, you'll say, Hey, you want to go to choir practice? And, and in reality, all they're asking you to do is let's go out and grab a few beers, you know? And, um, so the guys, you know, there's this atmosphere where there needs to be more boldness, but I think mm. that the Lord is really, opened up doors like I've have I've had the opportunity to uh to meet people that are believers to to share with them um right now in fact I have I'm a part of a text chain with some people that I work with who uh we just share scriptures oh, we cool. share uh, things that are on our mind and I think uh, you know as you move up the ranks and you become more in a leadership position guys look to to you kind of for that guidance or mm. or they want to you know so when they ask you they might not ask you point blank, but, you know, I've had guys come up and say, hey, you know, I'm going through this rough time at home. Can you pray for me? And I'll say, absolutely. And, and you know, one of the things that um, I, I, I know I've shared with Tam is that one of the, when somebody asks me if, they'll, if I could pray for them, it's like, hey, can I pray for you now? Like, in other words, don't. it's easy to say, hey, I'll pray for you, right? Mm-hmm. And it kind of just goes to the back of your mind, but... Do it right when you hear it, you know, say if it's an email, stop what you're doing and pray for that brother or sister. Mm. If they're Mm. in front of you, say, hey, let me pray for you now, Mm. you know, and um, just to encourage them. And and I think that, you know, the Lord, Lord, you know, through the years, I've seen a lot of stuff in in work and, you know, a lot of it um, I could say is not edifying. But at the same time, I think, like I said, the Lord's really sustained me, protected me. And I praise him for that, you know, for being so good to me and and, and basically uh, protecting me and keeping me um, safe. So, you know, mm-hmm. but, um, yeah, I think, uh, the, the, you know, if anybody asks me to this day, I'll say that police work is probably the best job in the world. Mm. What piggybacking off that, you know, we actually have um, a couple of guys that are uh, in uniform at our church uh, right now. And um, actually, this question is to Tam, as Fabian was just mentioning about, you know, the Lord has protected him. Um, but it's still, I mean, I, I think, you know, there's always that anxiety, even as a friend, you're kind of like, oh my gosh, I hope he's okay. Um, as a wife, I, I can't even imagine the, the amount of anxiety sometimes um, that you must feel. How do you deal with that, I guess, on a, you know, or is it easier now that you guys have been married for, you know, uh, quite some time? Or is it just as difficult as 
when you first had that text message or a call saying, oh, you know, I got to, you know, I, I got to go in or something like that. Right. Yeah. You know, and it's even worse because, babe, I mean, there's times like where he's working graveyard and, and I know most of the sergeants, you know, who work graveyard, they're in the sergeant's office, you mm-hmm. know, like um, watching TV or whatever. <laughs> and and so I would call Fabe, like, you know, before I was going to go to bed, you know, around midnight. I'm like, oh, Fabe, what are you doing? He's like, I'm out looking for bad guys. <laughs> I'm like, Fabe, go back to the office. You know? <laughs> and, uh, and so, I mean, he just he loves police work. He loves just being out there. And you know, even with the riot, the riots that were going on, Fabe organized um, or just pretty much was like in, in charge of what was going to happen, um, at the Galleria mall. And, um, it was supposed to be some big thing through social media, but he set it all up and everything. And, and I was like, well, you're going to be there. And he's like, well, yes, I'm going to be there. (laughs) I'm going to be there, you know? And so, um, so, I mean, with all of those different concerns, I mean, it's, I'm just always just, like all, I mean, I'm sure all the wives are just like constantly praying for their husbands, you know? And, um, and so I love his, um, his zeal for work and just, he has such a strong work ethic and he, um, he does everything as unto the Lord and just everything. I mean, the things I could talk for hours, I'm not even kidding with all the different things that Fabe has accomplished in that police department. And, um, and so I'm so, so proud of him in so many ways of like, um, Mm -hmm. just, his leadership in the department and his testimony. And, um, and so I, I, I don't want to stifle that, you know, so I'm, I'm always just trying to like support him and pray for him and and encourage him. And, um, and yeah, so that God can really use him, you know, to be that light there and everything. And, and so I think with all the, like the stress and anxiety, I'm just constantly like just giving that over to the Lord, you know, and, mm-hmm. and Fave is always really good about that. He's always just telling me like, well, you know, you, you gotta, you know, trust the Lord in that and give it to the Lord. And, um, and so those are, it's just a practical way, you know, for me to, mm-hmm. um, just be trusting him, you know, with everyday mm-hmm. life of, you know, being a police officer's wife. Yeah. Mm. I guess, uh, we just have a couple of minutes. Um, if you guys want to share, uh, just kind of like words of encouragement to uh, the members at IBC. You know, I I remember, I don't even remember how long ago, but I remember when we were a young, a young church at IBC, we, one of the things we talked about is how we didn't have any older members to kind of uh, mentor us or, or, you know, and, and, I remember looking back on that. We talked about, oh yeah, we we really don't have any older members. You know, we're all in our late twenties, early thirties. We are those older members now. A lot of mm-hmm. us are. And um, the reason I bring that up is, you know, I, I think that, you know, the same way we're looking for somebody to um, uh, kind of mentor or encourage us uh, back then, you know, those older members. Uh, I encourage you know, the, the older members now to take an active role in the younger people, Mm. you know, the, the, um, I mean, that's in essence, I I shared a little bit about Mrs. Hamamoto and I was talking about how, uh, what an impact she had on my life. And like, she's always been a part of my life even to this day, but, you know, as parents, you know, uh, who have kids going in high school, who have, you know, kids in college, you know, I, I encourage them to to get involved in the lives of of these younger couples, of these 
you know, of your kids, friends, you know, mm-hmm. actively go out and, and um, you know, and share the gospel. Share the gospel is, is like I said, we're, would really, really, I guess, encourage you would be that, you know, you, IBC is great at, at really embracing people. But when, for example, when you guys are going to have like a men's study, a women's study or a college event or any type of activity like that, invite non-Christians. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It, it's easy to, to have, you know, you go there and everybody's from IBC, but start, I encourage you guys to start bringing um, these non-Christians. And, and like I said, for some of the older parents who, who formed the foundation of IBC, start inviting, uh, or, or, you know, the, the kids of some of these, uh, high school kids, some of your mm. kids' friends, in other words, because, mm-hmm. you know, it, it ultimately that's what we're called to, right? I mean, we're called to, to fulfill the Great Commission. That's the one thing we're not going to do in heaven is share the gospel. So, you know, uh, I think that, like I said, that we've now, uh, as we've matured and the Lord's matured us in our faith, I think our, our, uh, we have great opportunities now to really get lost in other people's lives, to encourage other mm-hmm. younger believers and, and just, uh, you know, share the gospel with with people that don't know Christ and bring them to church. So that, that would be my mm-hmm. um, encouragement and exhortation to, to whoever's listening. Mm-hmm. One thing um, that I would say is that, you know, being at Compass and everything, it's like, I feel like now I I really do look for opportunities, you know, to reach out and to minister. Uh, I mean, like we even, Compass has this um, ministry called Compass Connect. And um, so our pastors are like, hey, you guys would be great for that, you know? So we go to the meeting and and it's all about like um, being, you know, at any church service and just looking for opportunities, like looking for new people who are standing against the wall. You know, how can you go up and approach them and be like, hey, you know, I haven't met you yet, you know, oh, you mm-hmm. know, and how would you end up coming to Compass or, you know, and just being able to embrace them and get them plugged in and connected. And um, and so they were like, you don't even have to like have any uniform or everything. I'm just whatever service you go to, you know what I mean? You're on, you know, type of thing. And and I love that. I thought that was just so awesome. And, and I think like when I was, I kind of lacked that when I was at IBC, like, I don't know if it's because no one said, Tam, you, I want you to, you know, minister to so-and-so, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. not that anybody has to do that, you know, but I think the same needs, you know, are at IBC as mm-hmm. that are at Compass, at wherever we are, you know yeah. what I mean? And it's like, I think it would just, you know, what God really taught me is just kind of looking for those opportunities, you know, to minister to, um, to just look for those people to bring in, you know, to your, into your circle of friends. Mm-hmm. And, um, cause I know there's people at IBC, lots of new people, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, and it's like, what an opportunity to be able to just really bring people in to make them feel like just so loved and so like a part of, you know, the IBC family. And, mm-hmm. um, and even people who are, who have been there a long time, you know what I mean? It's yeah, like, yeah. it's, it's like, you know, just being able to all the more, you know what I mean? To be able to um, just reach out, encourage, challenge, and sharpen one another. Yeah. Mm. Well, that's, uh, yeah, that's that's the time we have today. Thank you guys so much. Yeah. You guys are awesome. It was just such a wealth of knowledge. We appreciate you guys so much. Thanks for having us, Gabe. We love you guys. Of course. We miss you all. Well, that's all the time that we have for today. Uh, Thanks, guys, for listening. And until the next one, we'll catch you again. Thanks, guys.